Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harper, senior editor behind the Steelers.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. Wherever you are, however you're listening, you have found the Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure that is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. News has been going crazy, and we have had it all right there for you in one location, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check it out early and often every single day of the week. It's for the diehard fan. Speaking of diehard fans, our podcast platform has grown tremendously, and it is nothing but Steeler diehard fans. I've often said, I've asked myself, why has our platform grown so much? Because in my opinion, there's a lot of folks out there that are like me. I am someone that likes to listen to sports talk. It is kind of a little getaway for me, a getaway from reality, from work, from, let's be honest, sometimes family. But what I couldn't stand was trying to sift through the garbage of ESPN Radio or Fox Sports Radio, whatever, to find someone that is going to talk about the Steelers. So what we did is we have basically developed our own station for you. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, no matter where you listen to your podcast. That's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify. We are everywhere. Subscribe and follow so that you get all of our morning lineup, all of our noon lineup, our PM lineup, and what's really been hitting off crazy right now is our breaking news podcast, which every single day this week, we've had to have some type of breaking news podcast about whether it was Mitch Trubisky signing, uh, whether it's you know some of the other news that has happened this week. There's been so many signings, it is tough to narrow them all down. But we have created this station for you, the diehard fan that really only wants to hear about one one team. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I welcome you to Let's Ride. In case it's your first time listening, I know that on Wednesday I had someone on Twitter say, Jeff, this was the first time I ever listened to your podcast. I'm I'm definitely going to listen again. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you become a part of the Ride or Die crew. And that's the people that never miss my shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Have a busy show today, folks. We have Blue Check back coming up in the second half. My heart to heart, as I always finish every Friday show. But also, we have so much news to talk about. So on Wednesday, we broke down Mitchell Trubisky signing a two-year deal. Chooks Accor for getting that, well, it wasn't an extension. He was a free agent. He got a new three-year deal. Mason Cole getting a three-year deal. Montrevious Adams getting a two-year deal. James Daniels getting a three-year deal. Levi Wallace getting a two-year deal. The restricted free agents, Robert Spillane and Marcus Allen, getting tendered a right of first refusal tender. We talked about all that, and I went off on the fan base. I really did. And so now we're talking about some new moves. Believe it or not, there's been more moves. This free agent period has been unlike any other. And when I say unlike any other, I legitimately mean unlike any other. I was on the Breaking News podcast with Dave Schofield on Thursday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. Get them all mixed up. And I told Dave, I said, since I've been a fan and since I've covered the Steelers for Behind the Steel Curtain or ran the website, I've never seen a free agent period like this one. And so even with all those moves that I talked about on Wednesday, Trubisky, Okorafor, Cole, Wallace, Daniels, Adams, all that stuff that happened, they're not done. 
they are not done yet. But the one thing that the Steelers needed to do, they needed to free up some salary cap space. They had to get more cap space. They came in to this free agency period with roughly $29 million to spend. We all knew they could free up some money pretty easily. And we were all shocked that they didn't do that either at the start of the tampering period or before. I don't know why they didn't do it, but they eventually did. On Thursday, that's when news hit that Zach Banner was released, or as the Steelers called it, terminated his contract. He was fired. He was cut. He was let go. Whatever you want to call it doesn't matter. Save the Steelers $5 million on the salary cap. And then on Thursday, I think I got my days right here, Joe Schobert was released. We all knew this was coming. Why? Because Miles Jack was signed on Wednesday night, Wednesday evening on the Eastern time zone. And when Miles Jack was signed to a two-year contract, everyone knew the end is in the end is near for Joe Schobert. He's not, he's not gonna eat either. He's gonna have to take a huge pay cut or he's gone. Well, on Thursday, he was gone. They cut him. Saves the Steelers roughly $7 million. So you just look at those two. Banner on Wednesday, Schobert on Thursday. Total it up, $12 million the Steelers created with those two decisions. Again, we knew that they had this option, and they just hadn't used it, but they finally did. So Miles Jack, that was the big news. That was the big news is that this two-year deal worth $16 million, and those that are wondering, well, how much is it going to cost in 2022? $4.75 million. That is what his cap hit will be in 2022. Just It's under $5 bucks. Miles Jack is a very, very dynamic defender. He is not the answer that a lot of people want at inside linebacker. He's not the Vince Williams type, the big thumper downhill, going downhill and just going to take on blockers. That is not him. He's more like Devin Bush, more like a Ryan Shazier than he is a Vince Williams, or like my guest on Monday, back in the 90s, LaVon Kirkland. He is the sideline-to-sideline player. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Steelers utilize him. He can rush off the edge. He can blitz. He can cover. The Steelers, in this regard, are going to have two very athletic linebackers on the inside. Then, Thursday afternoon happens. The Steelers make another signing. It's one of their own. Akella Witherspoon agrees to terms on a two-year, $8 million deal to stay with the Steelers. Now, that's two cornerbacks. Don't forget, Levi Wallace signed the same two-year, $8 million deal. $8 million deal. Easy for me to say. But now the, the Steelers' secondary, what's starting to take shape? Starting to take shape. You have Cam Sutton still under contract. Levi Wallace signs. Akello Witherspoon signs. And so you would imagine that the Witherspoon deal is going to be similar to Wallace. You might have about $8 million lined up between the two of them. If that's the case, then Miles Jack, you look at his $4 million, close to 5 Do the math, folks. Do the math. That's about $12 bucks. That's about what they got from cutting Banner and Schobert. And the Steelers can still make moves if they want to create more space, not necessarily by cutting players, by reworking contracts, things like that. We've seen them do that a million times. But the headline or the title of this podcast is that to me, and this is just my opinion, take it for what it's worth, I see the vision for the 2022 Steelers becoming much clearer now. I really do. I said this on the Breaking News podcast on uh, Wednesday. Well, I really like the trajectory of this team. They're getting younger they, and someone even said on Twitter, they asked me, Jeff, what do you think about these short, short-term deals? Short-term deals? No, 
Last year was short-term deals. Miles Killebrew, one-year contract. Juju Juju Smith-Schuster, one-year contract. These are two- to three-year deals. I like it. I like it. They're prove-it contracts. People want to complain about Chooksakor for when you look at the details of his contract. It's a prove-it contract. I love it. I love what the Steelers are doing. This free agent period has not just been exciting. It has not just been filled with hope as you see these new faces, new names coming into the organization. It has been orchestrated, in my opinion, to a T. And they're not done yet. They are not done yet. I still think that they're going to be targeting a safety. I hope it's Trell Edmonds. I think they could save some money if it's him. And I also think they're going to probably, I hope they try to grab a wide receiver. Will it be Juju Smith-Schuster? I don't know. But the vision for this team is becoming clear. What the Steelers want this team to look like is becoming clearer. But look at what they've done on offense first. On offense, you have a rebuilt offensive line. And when I say rebuilt, I realize Dan Moore Jr. returns, Kevin Dotson returns, and I also realize that you bring back Chooks Akor for you're probably thinking, Jeff, what's rebuilt about this line? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot. When you bring in Mason Cole, when you bring in James Daniels, when you also have, let's also not forget, a new offensive line coach, who definitely seems to jive with what Matt Canada wants to do on offense. Great article, by the way, by Jeffrey Benedict. It was on the site, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, on Thursday. And it's how the Steelers are basically all in on this Matt Canada system working. It's that rebuild offensive line and how they do things. How they want to run more RPOs with Mitch Trubisky. How they want to run the ball more in general. Outside zone schemes. That's the that's the rebuilt aspect of this offensive line. Speaking of Canada's system, you can see it just coming to fruition. The players that they're getting, Najee Harris, Mitch Trubisky fits that role of what he wants in a quarterback. Maybe not to all areas, okay? Maybe he doesn't have the arm strength or the accuracy downfield, but in terms of his ability to run, meaning his mobile, he's mobile, his ability to run RPO offense, his ability to just hopefully hopefully make enough plays for the Steelers to put up some serious points. It's going to look totally different, folks. I really hope you realize that. If you are going into 2022 thinking you're going to see 2021 Matt Canada offense, I think you're going to be disappointed. I also think that's going to be a positive if you are a little disappointed because nobody would sit there and say right now, boy, I really hope we see 2021 offense again. Man, that was so good. It wasn't good. It was the it was one of the worst rushing offenses. They couldn't put up points. It was bad. I think it's going to look different. The hope is that it's better. On defense, I said this on Twitter. I'll say it here as well. The wild cards on this defense are Brian Flores and Terrell Austin. The Steelers on the defensive side, especially as a coaching staff, have been nothing but it's been nothing but continuity since Dick LeBeau. And Dick LeBeau retires. Keith Butler takes over. And Keith Butler, man, he, he, he all the way up to 2022. So now you have Terrell Austin, and he's been in the system, and that was an in-house promotion. A lot of fans bemoan that fact, but the, the fact remains, we, as fans, don't know what Terrell Austin is going to do, how's it going to be different, is it going to be different, all that matters. You throw in Brian Flores then, and Brian Flores is another defensive guru. He's the guy that has his own thoughts, his own ways of approaching things. And then you throw that in with Austin, And then you add some of these pieces of the puzzle, whether it's Miles Jack, 
Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Montravius Adams even. Well, what's How's it going to look? We don't know. We don't know. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. The secondary is getting younger. Unless Joe Hayden comes back, we're talking about, like I said, Wallace, Witherspoon, Sutton, all very young players. They also brought back Arthur Millette. I don't want to forget that. They also signed uh, Killebrew. Don't want to forget that. They are getting younger. So what is it going to look like? If I'm looking at this vision, okay, I have this vision of what the Steelers 2022 team is going to look like. What is it? What is it? Yeah, I can talk about what they've done, but what's it going to look like? That's what I'm going to tell you. On offense, I think if I'm going to label both sides of the ball, I think it's going to be, this is kind of counterintuitive, maybe a little bit of an oxymoron. It's hybrid old school. Hybrid old school. I think the Steelers are going to try to Turn back the, te- the turn back time, not like share. Yeah, I'm not turning back time. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, let me get that out of the way. I think they're going to try to have a little bit more of a throwback look on the defensive side of the ball. I think this defense is going to be physical. And I, it starts up front, getting Stefan Tuitt back, getting Tyson Aluwalu back, and then infusing some of these young pieces in there, whether it's, you know, the Davis brothers, Carlos and Khalil, if they make the team, whether it's uh, Montravius Adams that I just spoke about, whether it's Loudermilk, uh, Chris Wormley, they're going to be physical. They have to be physical. You got to stop the run. But then they're going to be really, really fast and athletic as well. Whether you're talking on the outside with Highsmith and Watt, inside now with Devin Bush and Miles Jack, in the secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick, that speaks for himself, Akella Witherspoon. I mean, I could go down the list. They still have some pieces to add. We know this. But they are also going to be, I think, they're going to have a little bit of a nasty streak to them. I think they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. Read Miles Jack's quotes from when he met with the media on Thursday, talking about how he was released from the Jaguars, how he was sick of losing. He wants to prove that he is a winner, that Cam Hayward recruited him. That's what you want. That's what you want to hear. You know, I talked to I, I talked to Levon Kirkland on Monday, and I, I don't want to pump that up so much. But if you haven't listened, go back and check it out. And I asked him, you know, what was it like playing in Pittsburgh? And he said it was a sense of pride, and it, it was a sense that you wanted to go out and perform, not just for a coach and not just for a city, but for the other guys on the team. He said I played hard because I wanted to make sure that I didn't let Rod down. He's talking about Rod Woodson or Greg, talking about Greg Lloyd down. That's what this defense needs to bring. People need to play hard so they don't let Cam down. So they don't let TJ down. Minka, I don't want to let those guys down. I'm going to be at my best. That's what this defense could bring. I think this defense could be really, really good this year, better than last year. Think more 2019 Steelers defense. Now on offense, Again, again, I said it's going to look different. It is. But it's going to start with Mitch Trubisky being the Devlin Hodges of this team. And I say that because I'll never forget Devlin Hodges' first start. I believe it was week six, Sunday night football, in Los Angeles against the Chargers. The Steelers win in primetime, and Mike, Mike Tomlin is asked about it after the game. And what does he say about uh, Duck Hodges? He didn't kill us. That's got to be Mitch Trubisky's M.O. Do not kill us. Protect the football. Protect the football, but you're going to see a run-heavy offense. I really do think you're going to see run-heavy, play-action pass, under center. I'm excited to see a quarterback under center more than they are in the shotgun. 
I'm excited to see a, a hopefully an offensive unit that is all in on the system that the coordinator wants to run, and let's see what we have. It's going to look different. It, it's going to look more old school. Najee Harris pounding the rock, play action pass, delivering the pass downfield. Mitch Trubisky maybe running the ball and showing his athleticism. Tell you what, folks, if I'm being completely honest with you, the moves that have been made, as I write my notes down and, and look at this stuff, the more excited I get about this team. The more excited I get about this team. But you know what? We got to get through random thoughts before we uh, take a break, and then we're going to have uh, Blue Check back coming on after that break. I have to talk about the AFC North news. On Thursday, it was absolutely, I mean, I feel like with the Cleveland Browns, you know, everyone thought that the Steel, oh, the Steelers are down. It's a down year for the Steelers. They're going to stink and all this stuff. But then you see what's going on around the division outside. Cincinnati's fine. They, they've been making good additions. They're pretty quiet. But my goodness, Cleveland is a dumpster fire. And it makes me so happy, and I find it so amusing. They are a dumpster fire. In case you didn't know, Deshaun Watson, the the Browns were going after him. Baker Mayfield is under contract, and the Browns are going after another quarterback. And so it was before their meeting with Deshaun Watson. I believe the meeting was on Tuesday or Wednesday. Baker Mayfield goes to social media and says, you know, look, like this isn't a good look. Cleveland, thank you for whatever happens. Deshaun Watson on Thursday tells the Browns, I'm sorry, but you're not in the mix anymore. I'm choosing somewhere else. So now all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield comes out and says, I want traded. Okay, I don't care what Deshaun Watson says. I want traded. Trade me. I don't want to be a part of your organization anymore. Cleveland says, we're not going to trade you. So they turn their back on their quarterback. They go out and try to get Deshaun Watson. They go all in on it. I mean, making it public, everything. Now they're trying to double back and say, Baker, we're good. This thing is getting ugly. It's only going to get worse. And as for me and all the other Steeler fans out there, I've got my popcorn ready. I'm ready to take it all in because that is a giant cluster you-know-what. That is a nightmare for a fan base, but Steeler fans are going to love it. Also, the Ravens. Yeah, all these Raven fans, yeah, I'm in Maryland. I hear it all the time. Zadarius Smith is coming back. He's so great. It's going to make our defense so much better. Yeah, everyone thought it was done, and then it's not. <laughs> Zadarius Smith notifies the Ravens that he is not coming back to Baltimore. So, womp, womp, womp. Oh, so sorry, Ravens. You're not getting Zadarius Smith back. I love it. I'm here for it. Steelers are making moves. Uh, Bisky business is in town. As he, as Mitch Trubisky spoke, I'm happy. I'm loving life right now. Also, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. The Steelers, they, they have more moves to be made, folks. They don't think that this is it. They have more moves to be made. I still want them. They, they still need to get a safety. I hope that's Edmonds. And they also still need to get a wide receiver, in my opinion. Yes, they can draft a receiver, but I think you want to get a veteran, someone that can make that room be like a, a stabilizing force. I would love for it to be Jarvis Landry. I just think he's going to cost too much. If the price is right for Juju Smith-Schuster, bring him back. Let him be that leader. I'm fine with that. I just am not paying him $8 million this year. And the last thing before we take a break, everyone loves to hate on Mike Tomlin because they say he's a quote-unquote player's coach. During the season, oh, he's such a player's coach. The player's coach, Chuck Noll, didn't do this, blah, 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 blah. All this stuff. They, they, they crap on him all the time for that. Are you still complaining he's a player's coach when a guy like Miles Jack says he was undecided until he talked to Mike Tomlin? When these players that come in say, Mike Tomlin basically recruited me to come here, 
Are you still complaining that it's a player's coach when the players want to come and play for that coach? The answer is probably no. If you've been enjoying this free agency period, then the answer is no. You're not complaining because he's bringing these players in. This is the time where Mike Tomlin can actually recruit. He can say, hey, Mitch, yeah, you could probably go to the Giants. No no guarantee you're going to play there. I got a really good shot for you right here. I think we have a good team. We're going to be making some moves. We got some salary cap space. We're going to be making some moves, Mitch. I want you to be a part of this thing, Mitch. Come on in. And he did. And he did. Miles Jack. Hey, Miles, you've been stuck down in Jacksonville forever. And you haven't had much success. I haven't had a losing season in my record, Miles. I'm not expecting to do that now. I want you to be a part of this thing. We're building something special here, Miles. I want you to be a part of it. Come on in. Comes on in. Players coach. I've never been against it. Never have been. Never will. And this just proves it. Exhibit A. All right. Hey, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, Blue Check Back will be with us. Stay tuned. Be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, uh, it's Friday, and it's blue check back time, and we have a lot to talk about. The last time Michael joined us, we were just saying, hey, it's going to be a crazy offseason. Never in my wildest dreams did I think we would just be seven days into this thing, and we're already at crazy level. I can't imagine where it's going to go. Michael, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, uh, it's going good. My, my head's been spinning at all these moves, so I, I want to tell you I'm perfect, but I feel like I'm dizzy and need to sit down. <laughs> Well, you went from I had to I had to send out the ride or die crew in the Vancouver area to, to watch ledges and bridges <laughs> on Monday, and they did their job. I did have one person on Twitter say, I'm, "I hate Vancouver. I'm not looking at anything." <laughs> but I said, "Okay, that's kind of messed up, actually." But it's <laughs> whatever. How do you feel now, though? I know you started off rough. You weren't crazy about the moves. We're going to talk about these individually, but you weren't crazy about the early moves. Have the Steelers rebounded for you, and are you a little bit more happy? Are you a little bit more pleased with the product and what they've done so far? Oh, big time, yeah. Like, originally, like, the Chooks move, oh, that, that one was painful, uh, especially before the original, like, the contract numbers came out. Um, of course, uh, him being really cheap, essentially being, like, a, a tryout contract, it, yeah. him being potentially being cut. Like, these cap numbers are low for everyone they're bringing in. Uh, they figured out their cornerback uh, position. They added depth at the D line. Uh, I, I think not necessarily completely perfected the offensive line. I, I still think there's moves that they could have made that would have made it better, but the interior lines better. The depth is better. Uh, Trubisky was a, was a, like, as the time goes on, that move grows on me. Um, I, I think everything they've done so far has been great. Uh, I think one of the things that blows my mind the most is bringing in miles Jack. Uh, and cutting Joe Schobert and basically saving like $5 million in the process, which <laughs> seems like a pretty big upgrade to me yeah. uh, at the same time. So the Steelers have been putting in work credit Omar Khan. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm feeling a lot better about these moves. And I honestly don't think they're done. I, I still think they got three, four moves up their sleeve. It, uh, I was going to say at least two, I would agree with up to four, but let's go to, let's go to the day by day. And I yeah. want to get your, just your, your thoughts and, 
We know your knee-jerk reaction if you follow him on Twitter at MichaelBeck56 or if you listen to the live mic this week. He gave you some of those knee-jerk reactions, and he talked a little bit about Chooks and the contract. I, I think as details came out and emerged, a lot of the the narrative and the, the fan feeling about these moves kind of changed a little bit when they saw, oh, wow, Mitch Trubisky's not getting the 10-plus million a year that everyone thought he was going to get. But let's go through these. Now that the dust has settled a little bit on these Monday deals, I just want to get what your thoughts are. Let's start with Trubisky, two-year deal, $14.2 million. They did put incentives into a contract for the first time that I can remember. Michael, you said it's growing on you. In what way is this deal growing on you with Trubisky being the guy in Pittsburgh? Well, it comes down to a lot of the reports. So like it, it, like Trubisky even talking uh, to the media today, I, I believe he said like the biggest difference between Buffalo and Chicago was the communication between the play caller and quarterback. Oof. What a shot at Matt Nagy that was. And then there's always been talk about the Chicago days of who was the real issue there. Like, I know Trubisky has, has his, his warts, like, throwing to his left. I know that's a whole thing. But in the meantime, it really does seem like he was held back in Chicago. And I think the Steelers might be able to use his athleticism to put up some stupid numbers on the ground. I, I think the, the uh, run-pass option, uh, which we all know Ben Roethlisberger struggled at immensely throughout his career, I, I think – uh, gone are those days. I think the Trubisky move is going to like, they don't necessarily have a five or 4,000 yard passer on their hands again, but could Trubisky put a thousand on the ground on his legs? Maybe like that, that. Maybe that's a little bit of a reach, but like they have athleticism in this quarterback position. This offense is going to be a whole lot different pressures off Najee Harris. The interior of this offensive line's better. Uh, it's growing on me for every move the Steelers are making outside of this. And uh, one of the, one of the other articles I wrote uh, for behind the steel curtain is getting this guy some weapons. So hopefully that's on deck next. You're right. And they did do some work on the offensive line in front of him. Chooks of core for you already mentioned. I know you weren't crazy about the move. The deal is kind of like a one-year prove it deal. The Steelers could get out of it if they had to, but Michael, I want to ask you a question. that's a little bit different other than your knee jerk reaction. Cause we already know that. <laughs> Do you think there's any way that I know Jeffrey Bennett has talked about this on his cutting room floor pod podcast. He's also spoken about it on your podcast that you do with him. Uh, the curtain call. Do you think that with the new offensive scheme, Pat Meyer and his, the zone scheme that they want to bring in and, and deliver that that might suit Chooks a core for more, a more than say someone like a Zach Banner who was released. And that might be some of the vision behind this deal. Potentially. Um, I think uh, Banner definitely is a better man blocker. Uh, but at the same time, Chooks is passive in the run game. For as good as he's been um, uh, in pass protection at times, he struggles uh, creating holes, driving guys downfield. So hopefully this new system allows him to be better. I think that whoever's playing guard beside him, which most likely going to be James Daniel after Mason Colsing, uh, ideally he's playing center. I think James Daniel or uh, Dotson, because um, somehow Daniel was playing out of spot in Chicago at right guard. And then uh, Dawson was playing out of spot at left guard. So who knows if they flip, but I, I think the Steelers ideally will be better beside him and, and the scheme might be a little bit better of a fit. So hopefully he gets a little more aggressive as a run blocker. Um, time's going to have to like, we're gonna have to wait and see here on this one. I, I don't want to say it's going to completely change him because I, I think there's still room for his struggles to kind of show up on tape, but there is reason to believe he'll be moderately better at worst. Well, you talked about Mason Cole. Uh, he signed a three-year contract as well, $15.75 in total. 
What were your thoughts when they made that call? I know our Andrew Wilbar was all stoked because he was one of the three guys he put in his article, his free agent article <laughs> about it. Hey, they could get this guy. Um, what were your thoughts when they signed him? My original thoughts was who? Um, but yep. past that, I'm doing a little bit of research. Uh, this guy is, he is what Chooks isn't, that aggressive run blocker. Um, he, he's someone that hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity in his career, which he's finally going to get. Um, he's, he's getting paid more than Kendrick Green is. Um, he has more NFL experience than Kendrick Green does. There's going to be a competition, but I, I fully expect uh, Cole to win that job and send Kendrick Green as the interior three backup. I, I know there is still some rumor that it might be Kendrick Green versus Kevin Dotson. That's the actual position battle. I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, I, I like the move now. He's cheap as well as all these other signings. Uh, uh, mid-20s, another theme of all these signings. I, I, I like the move. I like this core. And I like that they're aggressive run blockers, both him and Daniels. And I, I think Najee Harris and Mitch Trubisky on the ground will be better. And that's going to be a good thing. Let's go to Tuesday's moves. Montrevious Adams was the first chip to fall to your deal. 5 million. I was ecstatic because I, I like what this guy brought. Were you in agreement or were you kind of like, wow, two years, 5 million. They could probably could have waited. What were your thoughts on Montrevious Adams? Yeah, maybe they could have saved a little bit on him, I suppose, but no, I, I like the move. The, the, there's really no reason to complain. The guy, for, for a defensive line that struggled so much at the end of the year, he was kind of a, a spark, uh, especially someone who came in late in the year. Uh, he stepped in, he looked good, and he played good football. So uh, I have no complaints with this deal. Um, of course, with Fletcher Cox now being a free agent, of course, that was some of the Steelers were interested in back at the trade deadline. Who knows if uh, the, the Adams deal affects the potential to swing for a, a bigger upgrade, but regardless, uh, the Steelers' depth on the defensive line is better, especially if they have Tuit and Alu Alu in fold. Hey, you mentioned James Daniels. We talked about him, Iowa product. Uh, make sure anyone that's listening to this podcast checks out our own KT Smith's film room that's going to be on Friday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Daniels. It's really, really well done. Um, I think we all can agree that that's a really good signing. 24 years old. I listened to your podcast uh, with Jeffrey. Great guest that you had on that really diagrammed that. But I want to talk about Levi Wallace. He's kind of the guy, in my opinion, when you look at all these moves that have been made, and we're not even talking about Robert Spillane and Marcus Allen being signed as restricted free agents. And we haven't even gotten to the Wednesday signings. <laughs> Levi Wallace is kind of the guy that's slipped through the cracks. I mean, a lot of people are really excited about bringing this corner back in. Are you of that ilk? Yeah, I like it because it's paired with the Witherspoon move. Uh, obviously, like they have opposite strengths. Like Wallace is that heavy hitter, sure tackler, getting guys to the ground. Whereas Witherspoon is that kind of finesse coverage guy, uh, a yin to a yang, and uh, it kind of allows you to uh, match them up on different body types and uh, guys that you might struggle with, uh, depending on how they play the game. So I, I like the pairing. I think they're going to play off each other pretty well. Um, so I, in a way, I am pretty excited for that. Um, I don't know how excited I am as I would have been if the Steelers had another outside corner and Wallace might have been like the nickel guy. I think that's the perfect role for him. I know he played pretty much exclusively outside uh, for the Bills last year, but I know historically his best position was nickel. Um, so who knows, maybe he, it could be that pure to Townsend role where he bounces inside, um, on those, uh, nickel situations and Cam Sutton plays the outside role or whoever they have on the roster. But, um, it, it's a good signing. I, I'm excited by it. it. It filled a huge need. Um, uh, 
I think we can all say we're going to miss Joe Hayden. That seems uh, pretty unlikely at this point now, but uh, I, I think this was a good move. Well, Joe Hayden, if the price is right, I'd love to have him back. If the question is, is would the price be right? And I don't know, but the big name, and this came on Wednesday afternoon, mm-hmm. Miles Jack. He was the one that led to Joe Schobert's release on Thursday. And he came in and spoke with the media on Thursday. And he talked about how it was Mike Tomlin that really got him like convinced to come to Pittsburgh. He wanted to compete. He's only played in Jacksonville his whole career. Did have some success there. Let's not forget 2017 where they came to Pittsburgh, beat Pittsburgh, and then almost beat the Patriots in New England in the AFC Championship game. But still, I want to get your thoughts on the, the signing in general of Miles Jack, but also how you see him fitting in this defense because there's a lot of people out there that know a lot more about football than I do that say that he's very much a Devin Bush-like player, and that's not really what the Steelers should have gotten. They want more of a big bruiser. How do you see this shaking out? But what, first, what was your initial thoughts on the Jack signing? Uh, my initial my initial thought was, oh, I, I thought this was supposed to be a dream. There's no way this guy was uh, going to be added to the team. Uh, if you know, you know, I suppose, <laughs> in that comment. But um, Bear Bear. Yeah, there you go. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, initially shocked. Uh, I, I really wasn't expecting uh, that move uh, to be made. I did think the Steelers would sign an inside linebacker. Like you mentioned, not the best fit considering Devin Bush is the guy that's still on roster. Um, obviously, both an athletic duo. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to really key on taking tight ends and inside receivers away. Well, one of the Steelers' biggest issues over the years was lining up uh, inside linebackers on slot receivers and then getting torched. But now they have two of the better coverage linebackers. So I suppose <laughs> that issue has kind of uh, washed itself away now, having guys that can actually fulfill that role. Um, I still want that thumper. Uh, maybe Buddy Johnson's that guy that can rotate in on obvious rushing downs when you have three d- defensive linemen. Uh, you can rotate guys in and out. I, I don't know if they have that guy and I don't know if they still draft someone uh, highly because they don't have that, that tight. Um, obviously a, a good move. Uh, if miles Jack can kind of obviously a down year last year coming off an ACL injury and just playing for a terrible Jags team. Let's be, let's be honest here. Um, I, I do kind of expect Jack and Bush to uh, take a step forward um, in this upcoming season, playing with Brian Flores, playing with this great defensive line that, is supposedly going to be completely back, uh, at least on paper, heading into this 2022 season. Uh, speed, speed, speed. That's the name of the game for those inside linebackers now. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it's not your yeah. traditional inside linebacker duo, but if they're on the field together, and if the defensive line can stay strong and healthy and they can keep those offensive linemen from getting the second level, it, they're going to be running around the field like madmen. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let me ask you this question, Michael. Uh if the Steelers, if you were the general manager, you're Kevin Colbert, you have to target a position next. So this isn't just, uh, I don't need an individual player necessarily. What what position are you targeting now after the moves that have already been made? Oh, I want to give you two, but I think there's one that's more important. Uh, I, I think the Steelers need a strong safety. Uh, I don't think you turn to the draft and throw a rookie out there. Um, I, I, like obviously you, you want the, like a, a, another land shark there beside Minka Fitzpatrick, the, the most obvious name, the easiest name is Terrell Edmonds, bringing him back. And that really wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I, I've kind of been, uh, ringing the bell for a Tyron Matthew move, um, which honestly, I think the market has just fallen perfectly for the Steelers to be able to pull that off. And as the days go by, I think his dollars drop. So that would be the, the perfect, like the cherry on top uh, for this off season for this team. 
and uh, could really allow them to to just go pure best player on the board in the draft and really come into next year with a great team. But the Steelers need a strong safety. Um, so it, whether or not that's Edmonds, whether it's Matthew, um, whether, whether or not they just go completely elsewhere, that's the next move. You, you need to fill that spot. And if you can get someone great beside Minka Fitzpatrick, holy smokes, good luck to other teams trying to, trying to throw the ball down the middle of the field. I agree 100%. I think safety is the next spot they need to kind of shore up. But I want to ask you about an individual player. And it's a Steeler. No Steeler free agents, as of this being recorded, have signed anywhere um, except with the Steelers when they re-sign their own. What are your thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, we saw the reports. I think it was Andrew Wilbar put it on our Slack channel that stated that he is drawing, quote, zero interest on the free agent market. Um, it's, it's a shame because we're, we're, we're fans of Juju, and he's been a great player for the Steelers the last five years. I'd love to have him back at the right price, but the question is, is he willing to play at that price? But what are your overall thoughts about Juju hitting free agency? Yeah, it's crazy to see how his market has completely fallen off. I think a lot of that has to do with how bad Ben Roethlisberger has been. Like, like I, I hate to, to dump on the guy, but Ben has not been good for Juju the last two years specifically. Uh, and, and he of course, he battled some injury last year in, what, 2019, I believe it was as well, uh, missing time. Um, it's just been unfortunate timing. Like if you reverse Juju Smith-Schuster's career and put these, the rough years at, at the beginning and those great years he had early on at the end, he probably would have signed a big money deal. Probably what Christian Kirk had uh, in Jacksonville. That, that could have been him because yeah. uh, he's put up better numbers than Kirk ever has. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's tough as a fan of Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you want him to succeed, be able to have those opportunities um, it, it definitely bodes well for him to come back to Pittsburgh, but I, I just really hope uh, that they're able to figure it out, uh, get him a deal. Like he, he belongs in the NFL. He, he's a physical player. Uh, the last few years, he's established himself as a guy that will fight for the first down yardage, which not a lot of receivers do. So he deserves a spot in this league. And uh, if the Steelers get a reward because no one else is interested in him and another one year cheap deal. Yeah you do that all the time, especially because the Steelers really only have two receivers on a roster right now. Yeah. And if I'm Juju, I'm looking around and saying, okay, if the market is completely drying up on me, then what's Pittsburgh willing to, to give me, you know, and, and I would, if I were him, I'd say, I'll take a multi-year deal. If you're willing to give it to me, even if it means that I play in 2022 for a cap hit of 1.7 million or something like that, yeah. based on the fact that you just want some type of security and the fact that, you get, they went out and got someone outside of Mason Rudolph. So if that was a hesitation for Juju, maybe he was just like, I don't know if I want this guy throwing me the football. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just, this is just pure speculation. I'm not saying he said that, but I feel like he might be more inclined to come back to Pittsburgh. We'll see how that pans out. I want to ask you a couple other questions before I let you go. The next one is about a guy that you are in the minority in the fact that you have kind of defended him all throughout the 2021 season when everyone else was throwing him under the bus. And that's none other than offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. You kind of said all along, I'll give you credit. I believe in the system. I think it will work. He just needs the players. He needs a quarterback. My question is, as we sit here after St. Patrick's day, are they closer yeah. now than they ever were in 2021? And do you like the way they're trending in regards of Matt Canada's offensive philosophy? Absolutely. The coaching staff uh, that they brought in are Matt Canada type guys. The players they're bringing in, uh, the athleticism they're bringing in, especially quarterback Trubisky, that's only going to help this system. And really, it's going to let this system flourish. And, and 
Matt Canada is probably going to like, they're not giving Trubisky the amount of power that Ben had. Let's, let's be honest here. Um, so it's going to be Canada's system, which is something I think Trubisky will thrive in. Um, the, the only thing now is that they find some dang receivers. <laughs> like, like I said, two plus Anthony Miller, I suppose it's not enough. And it's not enough in this league. Uh, like you, look how many teams are running like five, six deep, like the, the dang Rams signed Allen Robinson, like the, the last team that needs another great receiver adds another great receiver. And the Steelers have basically two guys on roster. They need more receivers. And like, I feel like the only thing that could like hold the system back is if you have uh, what Cody white out there consistently and like some other undrafted scrub, you know, they need bodies at receiver. This is another move. They got to, they got to go after if they highlight Pat Fryermuth a little bit more than maybe highlighting a receiver, I'm fine with that because I think he's a star in the making, but that's neither here nor there. All right, Michael, I'll give you a chance to kind of recap things. Talk to the ride or die crew before I let you go on with your day. Yeah, no, this has been really exciting. I remember uh, last week saying like, oh, like starting to get everyone's hopes high and then being like, well, there's a chance next week that we're all uh, deflated. Um, but really, I, I don't think anyone expected this. Um, this has been a crazy free agent period, more than $80 million uh, to outside players. Uh, total money uh, should be said um, for those players. It's just wild. This is something the Steelers have never done before. Um, and and it's, it's kind of fun being a, a team that's players in free agency for once and sitting here thinking, what's next? Because I, I think they still have to make more moves. It's just exciting. It's fun. This team is going to be competitive next year, which I don't think many of us expected, especially in the media. I already see a lot of people calling the Steelers offseason one of, if not the best offseasons in the league so far. So credit to Kevin Colbert, credit to Omar Khan, who's probably pushing real hard for that GM job now with the, the uh, amount of deals and how he structured them. Uh, credit them. Uh, they've done a great job. And just be excited for the next move because uh, I think over this weekend and early next week, you probably see a couple more names pop up. More moves have yet to be made. We didn't even talk about the Browns fiasco. I kind of want to let that play out. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week and whether they have a quarterback in 2022 should be interesting. But Michael, uh, thank you for your time as always. And we'll talk to you next Friday. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. A big thank you to Michael Beck. As always, every Friday he joins us. So make sure you always tune in. For that blue check back action. I don't know if that's a good action or not. But I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I love Michael. So uh, let's finish it up as we always do on Friday with a little heart to heart. Executing a plan is the topic I want to talk about today. Executing a plan. You look at the Steelers offseason. And boy, is it something when the plan comes together. Isn't it? Like, isn't that something when you just, you're sitting there like, boy, isn't it great when a plan comes together? I feel like that's exactly what's happening to the Steelers. Their plan is coming to fruition. The plan is being executed. And Kevin Colbert is seemingly just making every move count. And that's important. That's really important. And don't think for a second that the Steelers didn't know the deficiency on their roster. I mean, listen to Dave Schofield's stat geek on Thursday. And you talk about how we as fans only see like 1% of the of what basically what the, the team does. The, the, the team knew what they had. And they were handcuffed. They were handcuffed with heavy contracts. They were handcuffed with a decreased salary cap. Now, there's not much else they could have done. There really isn't. This year, though, I think we're seeing the plan being executed to a T. When I say that, I, I look at what they've done through free agency. On the offensive line, quarterback, defensive front, 
You look at the core, the safeties with the corner. I'm not, it's not the safeties, the defensive backs, the cornerbacks. I mean, it, it, they've made so many good moves, so many good moves. And what they're doing is they're basically looking at all the deficiencies and saying, can we check that box? Did we address those needs? Yes, yes, yes. Once they get all those box checked, and they're not done yet, but once they do, then they go into the NFL draft and say, we can look at this board, and we can take the best freaking player that's on the board when we pick at 20. That's what you want. If you have that, you're in a really good spot, and the Steelers are really close to being in that really good spot. So keep in mind that there are still moves to be made, but this team is really, really close, in my opinion, to checking all those boxes. So, folks, I want to remind you on Monday, I'll have my Monday morning conversation. Really excited for the guests this week. Make sure you check out that podcast, and make sure you have a great weekend. And it's been a crazy week. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to take a step away, hopefully. I might be doing a breaking news podcast uh, over the weekend. I don't know. But have a great weekend. I want to remind you, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And as always... Make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. As we finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. I will see you on Monday. Go Steelers.